Hey, everybody. Welcome to Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and I'm so happy you're here with us. If you're just joining for the first time, I am a special needs mom, a special needs attorney, and a best-selling author. So please grab your coffee, and if you're like me, you might be listening in your car. I spent a lot of time in the car in my day. And please join us for some important discussions to help you thrive in this complex special needs world. Each week, we're going to chat with parents and experts, and sometimes parents who are experts, to offer compassionate advice for all stages of your life. These are the conversations you would have with your best friend if your best friend was an expert like me. Let's go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. So this is now getting to be an annual event for me. My podcast today is an episode about how to survive and thrive during our holiday season. And I, the last two years, have recorded this episode about families who've lost a loved one during the holidays, generally about losing a child, adult child, young child, no matter. But really, I want to expand uh, based on what we've lived through the last year and a half, almost two years. I want to expand my reach and talk about grief in so many ways. I want to talk about surviving the holidays through so much change that we've lived through. And um, we've, we've lost because we are separated from our children, separated from our loved ones. We've had kids who have been in group living situations that we didn't get to see, that we didn't get to spend holidays with. We've had our parents, our elders, our you know other um, family members who are older in living situations that were separated from us. We've had people, other family members that we've cared for that we've lost. We've just there's been so much change, so much loss. We've our, our lives have transitioned uh, to something quite different than what we had in 2019 and early 2020 and something that we haven't expected. So as I went through my notes from the last two years of giving this talk, I I reworked it a bit to expand somewhat. And, um, you know, before I jump into that, though, I want to talk a little bit about what has been going on in my life? Um, you know, it's been a little unusual. I found that in 2020, people were uh, people were so so much friendlier and generous, and we were kind of all in this together. It was a strange time. We were in this this pandemic, this, you know, something we'd never seen before. And we were trying to figure it all out. And um, it, yeah, there was definitely some, some strife and some discordant notes, but 
uh, for the most part, I think people were rowing in the same direction. Everybody wanted this thing to end. Everybody wanted a cure. Everybody wanted to, you know, to figure it out. But as we rolled into 2021 and we got the vaccines and people started to have differing opinions about that, um, you know, we started to kind of come apart a bit. And I'm not going to get into the politics of that. That That's not what I'm talking about here. Uh, I've noticed in the last few months since the summer ended and we rounded into fall, at least, you know, we have fall in New England anyway. And as we're heading into the holiday season, I have been experiencing in my practice and even in my personal life that uh, people are much more unsettled, unfriendly. We've been getting in our practice a lot more crankiness. People have been yelling at my staff a lot more. Um, you know, our business is still experiencing the same issues of trying to deliver quality service. We're struggling with staff shortages. We're struggling with higher expenses of doing business. We're struggling with the inability to get access to the same kinds of things that everybody else is like um, service and paper and you know, just we're all we're all experiencing that, right? I mean, there's shortages where um, you know we call for service on our software plan, and we're on the phone for two hours. I call to try to get help for one of my clients with Social Security. I'm on the phone for two hours, and then when I finally get somebody on the phone, they hang up on me. I mean, it is the same thing across the board that we are experiencing that all of you are experiencing but i've i'm noticing that tempers are flaring and i've never had this level of angst and complaints and frustration that um that i'm seeing in our practice and even in my personal life as i've said uh, road rage is back. Um, you know, people are frustrated about parking spots and about, um, you know, trying to take that left turn and somebody won't let them and all of those things. Um, and it's not just back as part of daily living. It seems to be back in a different way. And I'm not sure if you are all feeling the same thing, but in our practice, and we've been at this, you know, 10 years now, or we're in our 10th year, um, I've generally not, not seen this. Uh, let me give you an example. So I have a former client that passed away, somebody that I did a plan for well, well over 10 years ago, um, who had named me in some positions of authority in their documents. And I never heard from them again. It was before I started this 
firm. It was when I was at another firm. And that's unusual uh, when somebody names me either as a trustee or an executor or in some other authority. They generally will stay in touch. I'll do updates to the plan. I'll know more about them and their their children um, and so forth. This was unusual. I never heard from this person. We never kept up. And then all of a sudden, I unfortunately hear from multiple people that this person has passed. Very sad. Um, But it's not something where I'm going to step in because I don't know anything about the family. I don't know anything about the situation. And I don't feel that I'm in a position to really, you know, offer anything of value to the case. So um, I have unfortunately been barraged at my office from probably at least three or four people, possibly more, um, from many different sides. And it's mostly my staff that have gotten it almost daily calls from so many sides with um, harassing, harassing calls, so angry about um, so many things having to do with this situation. And it's just not something that we have, that we're used to dealing with. Um, and, And I'm using that as an example, just because This is not something that would have happened in the past, having explained to a family, you know, this is not a situation where we would normally step in if we don't have any experience with the family, we would, you know, regrettably not step in and we would frankly expect that some of the other uh, named people in the documents would have more expertise to do a better job. So (laughs) um, following up with that, uh, we get, you know, bad reviews online and just continued harassment. And worse than that, I just feel bad that my staff continues to get these calls. And, you know, there's nothing I can do to stop it. So that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about, that there's this level of angst out there. And and I do feel for the fact that, you know, someone's passed away and this is a tough time, but no level of support seems to be changing the situation. And uh, there, there seems to be nothing that we can do to move the situation forward. Um, and, you know, again, I don't know if you all are feeling that, but we are certainly feeling that in our practice and in our, and I'm feeling it also in my personal life as well. Um, even just trying to, you know, simply like go to dinner sometimes, it seems that there's so much anxiety out there and that people are just having a hard time 
relaxing and that every every little um, movement that you make and every individual thing that you try to do, there seems to be some level of frustration that you're met with. And and I'm not sure what's going on. You know, we used to joke about the moon being in retrograde um, or something like that. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's just that we're over this pandemic and we need to keep moving on with our lives. But um, maybe we just can't accept where we are right now and move forward and transform into where we need to be at that next point. And I think, you know, I'm telling you this story and I'm pointing out these things to you because I want to talk to you about the next thing that happened, which was I went to my coaching conference. I I go to a business coaching conference quarterly and we just got back to doing this in person after two years of not being able to meet in person. And it was fantastic to see everybody in person again. I loved it. Uh, it, I mean, it's nerve wracking, but it's so great. And of course, taking all due precautions and everything. And one of the speakers was a a monk, an Episcopalian monk, who um, said something that just resonated with me so, so much. He talked about the ability of the human heart and how amazing it is and the ability to be able to hold contemporaneously or at the same time, both sorrow and joy. And I just, like you could have knocked me over with a feather. I was so floored by that. So I've been living that way since my daughter Elizabeth was born at 29 weeks, a two pound preemie, sorrow and joy at the same time. And then after she died, sorrow and joy. And there were certainly times when that was out of balance, for sure. So I feel like this pandemic time, people are are struggling with that and that's out of balance, sorrow and joy. But you know, we if we can recognize that these two can coexist, we might be able to we might be able to um, move forward with less pain and less angst and have more peace in our life and not fight against it and struggle against the idea that we are sorrowful for what's past and the life that we've lost and have joy and embrace the new life that we have that's different and not struggle against what's here and how things are now. Because I think people are just railing against where we are now and they don't want it. And they're unhappy that nothing is going back 
So another one of our speakers talked about this elastic band, that there are so many people who are fighting the, the idea that they're on this elastic band theory, you know, they're being stretched. They keep trying to, to look backwards and they're, you know, they keep stretching themselves with this elastic band, um, waiting to the point where they can bounce back to what was. But what happens is if you stretch yourself too far, eventually the elastic band breaks. So you can't keep looking backwards and looking backwards and being tethered to the past. You have to let go and move into the future where we are now. I'm not telling that as eloquently as he did, but um, but if you stretch that elastic band too much, it will break. So get off that elastic band and just settle yourself into where you are now and recognize that you can hold both sorrow and joy in your heart contemporaneously and they can be in balance. And so now I want to talk to you about how you can thrive the, this holiday season. And my four tips, and as you know, I always give you a fifth bonus one for surviving. So first and foremost, what do I always start with? Food, naturally. I'm Italian. So it's always going to be about a great meal and your favorite foods. And for us, it's centered around maybe pizza night because pizza was one of Elizabeth's favorite foods. And just a reminder that we're not just talking about if you've lost someone, but maybe you're separated from somebody. Maybe you've got an adult child uh, with disabilities, or maybe you're separated from your parent or your sibling who is now living in a residential setting and you don't get to see them as much because the rules have changed. Things are different. You know, maybe you, you have always in the past been able to have a holiday meal together but things are just not going to be the same this year. So remembering a loved one during the holidays might be different for you. So what is going to help you get through the holidays this year? Making your favorite meal and remembering with food what that person's favorite parts of the meal were. So whether it's, you know, so-and-so loved the drumstick of the turkey or they loved lasagna. Um, they always wanted to have, you know, coconut cake or whatever your family food traditions are. And then if they're still with you, but can't be present on that day, maybe you're able to pack a meal and bring it to them. That might be a way to carry on the tradition. So the second thing is decorating. Decorate your house, your room, a special place for remembering the holidays. And 
do it with something or some things that remind you of your person. So for me, this is the part where I throw out my thank yous to every teacher, nurse, and aide that helped Elizabeth make cards and decorations. I have saved every one of them, and I am most grateful for you because let me tell you, there was a while when it was so painful just to look at all of them. But now I have displays in my office, in my home office, in, you know, I have these beautiful ornaments that are handmade from Elizabeth that I put up on the tree. I have things that she made at Perkins School for the Blind when she worked um, in the garden center. I have little sachets that she made. I have these dried flower bouquets. Oh, I have so many things and I am so grateful because you know what? Those nurses and aides and teachers and teacher's aides, they knew that I was going to need those things some days, someday. They knew I was going to need those Christmas cards and birthday cards and Mother's Day cards. They knew that I was going to need that card that said, hey, mom, I love you. This is for all you do for me. Oh, I get choked up just thinking about it. So, you know, it took me about five years before I could actually take all of Elizabeth's things out of her bedroom. It was so hard. But what I did was I converted that space into my home office. And it's a very special space. I actually was able to decorate it with many of the things that she made for me and for the family. And um, again, you know, with gratitude, I, I will never, never be able to thank all of the people that helped her um, be creative during her life. And uh, so this is such a special time. And I have special holiday boxes that I pull out the little, the little um, turkeys that she made out of walnut shells and so, so many things. So I encourage you to pull out your special uh, Thanksgiving or or Christmas or or whatever winter holiday that you celebrate um, to pull out those special family decorations that remind you of your loved one. And if you are going to visit your loved one in whatever their home is now, you should bring some decorations there and help them celebrate by decorating their space and bring the tradition to them. Okay, that brings me to number three, people. Celebrating with the people that you love and getting together. So this is a trickier one. And I guarantee that this is going to be challenging for some of us because it's gonna be triggering for some of us. Um, reminders, of some difficult times and it is going to depend. So 
when I was my first year out from losing Elizabeth, I was a zombie. And I went to my sister's house to celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I just sat. And it was like being a ghost, basically. Um, I don't know that it was the right thing to do, good, bad, indifferent. I'm not sure I got much out of it. So I think that, you know, it is going to be different depending on how long it's been since you've lost your loved one. And you shouldn't force yourself to go just because somebody else tells you you should. However, there are going to be times when being together with certain people is going to make a huge difference in your mood. It's really going to be helpful. So getting together with certain groups of people will be a reminder of all of those happy times. And I think that's super important. And as I mentioned earlier, bringing the party to your person could be really helpful if you are allowed to do that. If you can't do that, then maybe you'll be allowed to bring your person out from their home and you can have a celebration somewhere on neutral ground. So if you're able to you know, go to a restaurant or even take a walk somewhere, maybe do that, maybe start a new tradition. So that brings me to my last one. And if you have been listening to this podcast at all, you probably can guess what my number four is, and that is telling our stories. So this is my biggest and best tip. If you do nothing else, please follow this one. Telling our stories, telling our traditions, talking about our loved one, whether we can be together or not be together is the most important tip that I can pass on to you. We have to talk. We have to talk about them. I'm talking to Elizabeth about, I'm talking about Elizabeth to you today, um, telling you to talk about your loved one and your experiences, whether you write a book about it, whether you do a podcast about it, that's not important. You don't need to talk to 2000 people like I do. You don't need to talk to 200 people. All you have to do is talk to each other, talk to your family members, um, you know, pull your other kids aside, pull your family members aside. One of the hardest things that I experience is meeting new people who've never met Elizabeth before she passed. It actually freaks me out that there are people who know me now who never knew her. It has been so long since she passed away. This is my anniversary week of Elizabeth's passing, and I can't believe how long it's been. Um, and time just marches by and it freaks me out that there are people on this planet that know me and never knew her and don't know my story and don't know her story. 
And I want to keep telling it because I don't want her to be forgotten. And during the holidays, that's even more present. So I want to tell her story. I want to tell our story. And I want to tell our holiday stories. I want to tell those stories about how, you know, when we um, had a birthday party for Elizabeth and our dog, Lacey, who's also also passed away, ate a whole tray of her birthday cupcakes and ended up pooping out the foil cupcake liners (laughs) in the backyard. We were finding them for days after that event. It was hysterical. Oh my gosh, I was going to kill that dog. She's lucky she survived that. And then You know, there was another time when we were having a holiday party and the dog ate a whole tray of cold cuts because if you're Italian, you have to have cold cut trays and, you know, all kinds of things. Oh, that dog was like a human trash compactor. Um, We have so many funny holiday stories. A lot of them involve the dog, actually. (laughs) Anyway, um, you know, we love to get together and tell our stories. And a lot of them are about Elizabeth. You know, we have a lot of new little kids in our family who never met Elizabeth. And I want them to know her. I want them to know about her. And I want them to know their cousin Elizabeth. And um, it's so important that I remind my other daughter, Caroline, that it's okay to talk about her. Don't hold it all in. And so I think that's really how I want to lead into my tip number five, which is a bonus tip for you. And that is to take care of yourself during this holiday time. Practice the power of no. (laughs) And what does that power of no mean? That means that you do not have to cook for 25 people if it doesn't bring you joy. Remember, you can hold sorrow and joy at the same time. You do not have to make yourself crazy in order to hold that sorrow and joy at the same time. Now, if you love cooking for 25 people, that's a different story. But this has been um, such a crazy year and as I mentioned before, I'm finding that people are really at the edge of their rope right now. You may not be feeling that, but a lot of people are. Don't push yourself to that limit. Don't take yourself to the edge. You don't need to do that. Nobody needs that from you. You don't need to do that. There's another saying, and that's the power of not yet. If you can't quite get there, it's not that you haven't done it. It's just that you haven't done it yet. So give yourself a little grace and let yourself know that if you haven't finished a project or if you haven't accomplished something, You just haven't done it yet. Now, I know that it can feel really bad to be missing deadlines, to be disappointing people, 
family, staff, clients. Um, it can have consequences that are ne- negative and, and sometimes devastating. But we are human right now. And we are living in a very, very unusual time. And even if other people are not going to cut us some slack, we have to do it for ourselves. There's only so much that we can get done in a day, a week, a month. And we can't, we can't take ourselves out of the game. So please take care of yourself during this holiday season. And I'm going to talk to you very soon about how to make 2022. Oh, it's so weird to say those numbers. How to make 2022 your best year ever. I love doing these podcasts at the end of the year. I'm a planner by nature, so I enjoy talking to you about it. And I will be back with you very shortly to talk about planning for 2022. Thank you so much, my friends, for hanging in there with me, for listening to these podcasts. And I surely would be so grateful if you could rate and review this podcast so that other people could find and connect with this content. Thank you and have an awesome holiday season. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.